Welcome to Sports Cash, a space to discuss sports and money. I'm your host, KD. And this is your host, Vlad, Mr. ESPN. This episode is brought to you in part by Sneaker Broker. Do you have a favorite sneaker that you've been waiting on, but it's sold out everywhere, including online? Shop with Sneaker Broker, a premium sneaker dealer based in Atlanta. They'll take care of you and try to find you whatever you need. Find out more by visiting their Instagram at SNKR underscore broker. That is at SNKR underscore broker to find out more. All right, Cash Crew, we're back again for another week. Before we start, as always ask, Vlad, how you feeling? I'm feeling well. Um, We had a... Good week. Uh, had a lot of things going on in the sports world this week. A lot of great things happened. Um, but most importantly, um, we've had uh, some icons get inducted into the hall this week, which I think is a very special yes, moment, um, especially for the NBA. So just going to dive, dive into that this week for this week's episode. Um, we're going to touch base on some of the biggest names in the 1996 NBA draft who are now Hall of Famers. So mm-hmm. um, something definitely monumental, something um, definitely, you know, we're going to look back 20, 30 years from now. And I guess you could say glamorize or memorize when we talk to our kids about, because um, these guys that we're going to touch base on definitely have shaped the NBA and our legends. But before we get into that, we have some headline news um, that went down this week. Um, I'll let you kick that off. Mr. Russell Westbrook is now the new triple double king with 182. I don't know. Has he had even more than that since then? Has he had another one? Uh, I'm not too sure. I don't think so. Okay. Once he so beat the record, Okay, 182 um, triple doubles. I mean, this is what he does. I'm not even surprised anymore at this point. And and you know what's crazy? We we sat and watched the last recording, sat and watched the rest of the game. He does it in the flow of the game. And to me, that's what's so impressive. It's not like he's padding stats at all. He's just he within the flow of the game, he naturally gets all these assists. He naturally gets all these rebounds, and of course, he can score. So it's so impressive what he has done. And uh, maybe, maybe I shouldn't say it now, but I don't know how he, he he's not a first ballot Hall of Famer with no oh, ring. Yeah, definitely, definitely, he's a Hall of Famer for sure, ring or no ring. Um, Russell Westbrook, I've always said, is probably one of the most athletic guards, definitely point guards I ever seen in my lifetime. Um, Mm -hmm. and to me, as far as, you know, his energy level and his aggression, like I've said plenty of times since day one, since he got in the league, to me, he's never fell off. You know, he's been literally, I call him the Ferrari. He's zero to 100 (laughs) every game, preseason, USA basketball, pickup, regular season, playoffs, finals, Russell Westbrook, you're going to get the same person every day. Uh, you know, and it's crazy that he's in his 30s now and he's still going 100 miles per hour. And um, 
What's more impressive about this is four seasons of averaging a triple-double is remarkable. I mean, there's guys who don't even get a triple-double one time, not even for a season, for a game in their whole career. Hmm. He's done it for four seasons average. That's like 2K numbers. Facts. And what's crazy is, I remember uh, maybe about a decade ago when they did the NBA video of Axon J. Kidd and LeBron, you know, is there anybody ever going to beat Oscar Robinson's triple-double record? And all those, oh, man, that's a record I'll never be touched, never be broken on. Oh, man, that's, that's, a, that's a hard – and not only he broke it, he did it four times. And he broke the record of saying, I have the most total triple-doubles, um, which I might have to reset the bar again and say we might not ever see this again. <laughs> Because you would think so, you would think so, but I, I don't know. I, it, there's always a kid that comes out of nowhere, absolutely. But West or Russell Westbrook, people weren't really following him like that in UCLA, yeah. He, I mean, he didn't start, he didn't start at UCLA at first. Um, and he wasn't highly recruited either. A lot of people don't know that. Wait um, a minute, he didn't start, no. Russell who started, Westbrook, who started over him when Russell Westbrook first played for UCLA, it was. Uh, Darren Collinson, and yes, yes, people forgot when Russell Westbrook first played for UCLA, he came off the bench as a six man. A lot of people don't know that. Yes, Russell Westbrook was not an automatic start because what people don't really um, also know is Russell Westbrook was not highly recruited. The reason he he um, got recruited by UCLA is because the last scholarship that UCLA had was for another athlete. And that athlete did not commit. So because, you know, he's from California and he's a California kid, they gave him a shot um, with that very last concert. But he was like their second or third option on the list to get recruited. He was not first. I can you not love the guy? So Westbrook, yes. And I think that's why he has a chip on his shoulder because he he was not the sought out guy coming in to the, you know, coming into college like that. Um, and obviously he was not a, I mean, he was a high pick in the draft, but he wasn't a top three pick either. So, Long Beach. No, um, he's definitely showing people, you know, not to count him out. And that I think that's always been his motto um, since the day he got into the league. But, yeah, he was not um, – early in his college years, he was not a early um, high sought-out recruit. Awesome, man. I'm – I was hoping that he maybe gets to a team where he could win a championship, but I don't know. I, I really don't know what the future holds for Westbrook. Uh, uh, you know, Bill loves him. And so Bill's going to be kind of stuck in that situation for like, really just to be a hundred percent real with yourself. Like how do we really see the wizards doing much damage in the playoffs? No, absolutely so, not. <laughs> so, I mean, they'll, they'll never say that they'll say that, you know, it's whatever they'll, they'll but uh, y'all are expending so much energy to the point where Bill is getting hurt now. So y'all, y'all literally have to do superhuman things in order for you to win a game. So how long does that last? I don't know. It, it he's definitely going to get paid though. Cause I mean, he's, he's already on under contract, but Washington, there's no reason for them to say goodbye unless he has to go. So. Um, the only thing Washington can do now is trade 
Um, he's not, I don't think he's going to stay until he becomes an unrestricted free agent. Um, but it's going to be a hard trade. I mean, he's older now. And, yes, you know, I like him, but he's not the easiest of fits for a lot of teams. Um, his playing style hasn't really changed much or even at all since he's gotten up to the league. So um, it, it's going to be very hard to move a piece like that. And he's very expensive, um, if I'm not mistaken. Westbrook is getting about like 41 a year, 42 a year. That's it's a hefty bill. So um, he might be in Washington for in Washington for another year or two, unless Bill leaves and then Washington has no choice but to trade him because, you know, they want to rebuild. But yeah, he's definitely not an easy piece to move, but had a hell of a career. Definitely a hell of a career. For sure. That's our headlines. So let's go ahead and dive into this year's Hall of Fame class. Um, obviously, there's been numerous of names out there, and shout out to all the um, candidates that got inducted to the Hall of Fame this year, but I'm pretty sure there's three names that everybody has focused on, which is Kobe Bean Bryant, Tim Duncan, and Kevin Garnett. Um, all three of them are part of the 96 draft. Um, all of them have been icons in this league, um, played for a long time, and has done remarkable things. Um, just to go over some stats, like we like to do on Sports Cash, just going to go over some career stats for each player real quick, and then we'll dive um, into each one's career. Let's start off with RIP Kobe Bean Bryant, five-time NBA champion, two-time NBA Finals MVP, one regular season MVP, 18 all-star appearances, four-time all-star MVP, 11-time NBA first team, two-time NBA second team, and two-time NBA third team. He has a career average of 25 points, 5.2 rebounds, and 4.7 assists, and a career total of 33,643 points. 7,047 rebounds, and 6,306 assists. Now, to the big fundamental out there in San Antonio, Mr. Tim Duncan, a.k.a. Timmy. He's a five-time NBA champion, two-time regular season MVP, three-time finals MVP, 15 all-star appearances, and he has been all-NBA and all-defensive team 13 straight years in his career. And last but not least, the big ticket, the biggest trash talker in his, uh, in his era, Mr. Kevin Garnett. He's an NBA champion with the Boston Celtics in 08. He has one regular season MVP. He also has a defensive player of the year, a 15-time All-Star and a one-time All-Star game MVP. And he's been all NBA nine times. Kevin Garnett has a career average of 17.8 points, 10 rebounds, 3.7 assists, and a career total of 26,071 points, 14,662 rebounds, 5,445 assists. And also, I forgot about Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan career averages is 19 points, 10.8 rebounds, three assists, and career totals of 26,496 points, 15,090 rebounds, 
4,225 assists. What a career. I forgot about that. I forgot about the, that, the nickname. Definitely forgot about that. So, I mean, I'm, I'm just thinking about, you know, these accolades and these careers. And I'm just like, man, first of all, I just want to start with Kobe. Um, in my opinion, Kobe could have two Hall of Fame careers <laughs> for eight and 24. Um, if you look at it, it's almost the same. Um, the only difference is he's won one more championship wearing eight, and he has an MVP wearing 24. And um, I think I think the points is less than 100 difference. But he really could have two MVP, uh, two Hall of Fame careers. I mean, there's a lot of guys. His number eight career is better than a lot of guys' total careers in 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 in, in the NBA. So. To me, I think that's just the craziest thing. I think the only other player that might have that is obviously LeBron. Um, LeBron wearing number six and LeBron wearing 23. But it's just crazy. This guy played for 20 years. And I could say probably from year three on, been what, top 10 at the worst in the league? You know, definitely top five for at least 15 years. And, you know, between him and Tim Duncan, I think we, we, we have to really start saying they were the dominant forces from 2000 to 2010. Hmm. You got five championships from Kobe and the Lakers. And you have, I want to say, three from the Spurs and Tom Duncan, 03, 05, and 07. So, yeah, three. So, they really ran that decade. I mean, the only other teams that won a championship in that time span is the Pistons in 04, the Celtics 08, and which is actually Kevin Kevin Garnett's only championship. And then, um, who else? You got 0408. You're trying to figure out who else won in that decade? Yeah, there's one other team. Miami 06. I'm sorry. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Miami 06 went doing way with bonkers. So, (laughs) you know, you look at it and you can say, wow, like these two guys. When you look back on history, it's almost like saying how Magic and Bird dominated the 80s. Kareem dominated, I want to say, the 70s. And Jerry West with the 60s. Right? And now, obviously, with the 2010s to 2020, that will be LeBron and Stephen Curry dominating, dominating that decade. But... I'll be honest, growing up, I hated Tim Duncan. I mean, he he was so, sorry for my language, but so freaking boring. You know, <laughs> it's like slow as hell, no athleticism, no flair. No flair, to, but that's the thing. No flair to his game. But this dude was so fundamentally sound. You kind of, 
Loki cannot stop him. And the crazy thing is, is hearing his speech with him saying that he, he didn't even, he wasn't even thinking about basketball. He was a swimmer. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of athletes out there. Um, life situations happen and they end up turning to basketball and they end up having great careers. Now, imagine if that pool situation never happened. Will we ever have the best power forward of all time? Nope. You weren't even thinking about it. Which is, which is insane. This dude, basketball was not even on his mind. And he still said, okay, I could do this. And 20 years later, he ends up being the best power forward of all time. And be honest, on some people's book, not only the best power forward, he's top five best players of all time in some people's book. Mm-hmm. Had a hell of a career. Um, I, if I'm not mistaken, I don't think Tim Duncan ever missed the playoffs. Um, He's... He could have six championships. Um, obviously, thanks to your Miami Heat, it cost him one. But, hey, he was literally one layup away. If he did not blow that layup in the fourth quarter in 2013, we could arguably say maybe, or if Ray Allen don't hit that shot, Spurs probably win that series. So. Um, what a series that was. Oh, yeah, hell of a series. Definitely. Oh, God. But. <laughs> Oh, thank you, Jesus, for Ray Allen. Because, man, oh, man, that was stressful. <laughs> but anyway. The greatest shot in Miami Heat basketball history. But now that I'm older, I have to say and admit that I've grown a appreciation for Tim Duncan because of that, you know, consistency. Um, never fell off. That's one thing you can say about Tim Duncan. He's been consistent. And it's actually crazy. I thought he would have a higher points per average for his career, but 19, I was shocked, but he's 19 and 10. So he's a double-double, has a career, 19 and 10. Almost 19 and 11, actually, because he's at 10.8 rebounds. But that's consistent across the board. And beyond be honest with you, what makes him more impressive is he never played with another top five player in the league ever in his career. David Robinson, that one year he played with David Robinson when they won the championship, to me was, uh, he was older. I don't know if I'll put him at top five. He was a top player in the league, but I don't know about top five. To me, Tony Parker was never a top five player in the league, and definitely Manu Ginobili was never a top five player in the league. So, and he never they played were, He played with top 20s, and that's the thing that San Antonio, San Antonio figured out how to get people who were close to the top to sacrifice and their top guy to sacrifice to keep them there. And it was really him, Manu and, and Tony Parker. I mean, for, for a, for a long period of time, it was those three and they sacrificed to stay there. And now they're, you know, they're Spurs mafia for life. Uh, I don't know if you have seen it the other day, but after, you know, the people were trying to ask like, when is he, Tim Duncan is never going to wear that jacket ever again. Like he doesn't dress up for nobody. And then Manu was like, I'll try to get him to uh, wear it on our next bike ride. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it's just, but if you look back on history though, right? Most championship teams, the duos are at least 
top five or at worst top 10 players, at least during that span of Kobe and Tim Duncan's, you know, run from 2000, 2010, Kobe had Shaq, um, you know, even, even Miami, um, Dwayne Wade and Shaq. Um, I think obviously Pistons will always be the anomaly. Um, Boston had the big three, even they were a little bit older. I want, I mean, maybe, maybe some people might say, Kevin Garnett was still a top five player in the league at the time, but they, they had a big three, so it compensated. Um, but, you know, never have we ever said, you know, the Spurs, you know, have two top five players. And even sometimes some people would even say top 10. I mean, maybe, maybe 07 year, maybe, you, you know, because, you know, Tony Parker was really heating up the league. Maybe you might say Tony Parker is a top 10 player but definitely a top 10 point guard for sure at that time. But the question will always have to be, how are you qualifying that? Because to me, Manu and Tony Parker were top 10 players in the league, but it just, they, they, they were good when it counted. And I, to be honest, it was because of pop because pop rested his players. He understood when it's winning time, I'll put them in the game. Otherwise, I don't care about these meaningless games in the middle of October in Minnesota. Like we're going to lose that game. So, and if we we won 50 games, that's fine. Versus, you know, a Hawks team, sorry, had to bring this up, uh, you know, getting 66 Fair. wins and then getting bounced before they even get to the final. So is he understood and he really understood the assignment. Like he'd listen to his players when they said, I can't go tonight. He's like, all right, shit, not, we have enough. Or if we don't have enough, it's fine. It's, we, when the playoffs come, that's when we're never going to rest you. I agree. I, I, I definitely agree. Greg Popovich definitely got the best out of his players. The only reason I can say definitely not Manu is only because Manu came off the bench. Like, you can't be a top 10 or 20 player in the league if you come off the bench. That's I what I said. I disagree. That's the it happens. All, it, your star players can come where they want to come. It, it's, and it's undeniable that Manu was a star. So, I mean, he's the Euro step. Like, so I, I'm not going to deny him that just because he came off the bench. He, they asked him to come off the bench and he did that. But remember, Manu wasn't a spring chicken when he got to the Spurs either. Not at all. He had come from Argentina. He had been playing ball in Argentina for a while. And, and to t- piggyback on that, I don't know if people know, but the reason why the Spurs was so – um on Manu's case when they got him is because if people remember that 04 team that blew it in the Olympics lost to Argentina and Manu was a star player on that team at the time that's how Manu got his name in the league and uh that's how the European league had to develop to a league that you had to start respecting that's why team Spain with Powell and Marcus all came a threat Argentina and now you see the fruit, um, the effect of that in the league with a lot of these other foreign players. That's why you have a Luka Doncic now today. You know, it's because people like Manu, who paved the way and put the international. Obviously, you can go further back with Kukoc, who Kukoc played for the Bulls. Really yeah, yeah, who really started with the Bulls. But you know, Manu, when he beat that team, Team USA team in '04, that won bronze that really opened the NBA eyes like, yo, this dude is serious. And not only this dude, this, op- this is going to open the floodgates with European guys. And I think that's what opened the floodgates. As you can see, that was 
San Antonio, San, all these guys are foreign guys. Tim Duncan, Virgin Islands, you know, um, Tony Parker, France, Manu, um, Argentina. And that Patty was Mills, Australia. Yeah, Patty Mills, Australia. So um, that was the San Antonio's formula. You know, they went and they recruited these foreign guys and didn't. They knew once they came to this system, they bought in and they won big and they won a lot, <laughs> a lot. And shout out to San Antonio because that's a hell of a hell of a recruiter. I, I really want to see who the recruiters are because their scouts is impeccable. For them, outside of the Lakers and probably Celtics, you have to give respect to this team because this team has, for 20 years, has been one consistent into a powerhouse, nonstop without big 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 name stars on their roster and when i mean big big name stars i'm i mean obviously tim duncan is a star but i'm just talking like you know they didn't have the flair guys like the james harden the kevin durant the lebron james of the world right you know they really just like okay we just want to get you 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 develop you and our let's go hoop and boom five championships later yeah i respect the san antonio spurs a lot the whole organization because it's really a reflection like I see a lot of what Miami Heat does with, I mean, there's a, there's a reason why Spo and Coach Pop are one and two in terms of how long they've been coaching. It's literally one and two um, right now, active coaches in the league. Um, so, and then you think about management as well. R.C. Buford out, out in um, in San Antonio and then Pat Riley in, in Miami. It's a very strong connection from, front office all the way down to the court. So, um, you know, I just, I, I, I respect everything that they've done and I respect what they're about to do because Becky Hammond is about to be the coach once pop is done. And that'll be the first uh, female coach head coach of the, of the NBA It's going to happen. And that will be the place that it should happen in, in such a place like San Antonio. I agree. And I think, she's in the perfect place. I think she's going to open the doors for more female head coaches, but I think she's going to do well. She's, she's behind to me, the best in the game as far as right now. Um, Greg Popovich, I don't think there's anybody else, you know, um, that you want to be behind as far as, you know, the coaching aspect of the game. Um, she seems like she's learned the ropes and she's going to take this ship and, build it back up to where it used to be um, in the early 2000s. So shout out to her for sure in that Spurs organization. But to move on, there's definitely a scenario I thought about that I wanted to key on. And I know this is so far-fetched, but imagine if Tim Duncan and Kobe had played together, how many championships they would have won? All of them. <laughs> now when we say I don't think all, I don't think I don't think they would be able to play together. That's what I'm I'm wondering. Why you say work. that? Uh, no, nah, no, nah, okay. Obviously the money and scenario wise, but just say we throw that out the window. Just say it happened. Just say, you know, Kobe was able to go to San Antonio or Tim Duncan was come was able to come to LA. How many championships do they really win? Because I'm gonna say something on air, and I, I know when we hop on our clubhouse room, you know, people might be you know, they might throw blast me on this, but in total honesty, and hear me clear on this, Shaq is the more dominant player, but to me, Tim Duncan had the better career. 
Hmm. One more time so we can nail you to the cross later. <laughs> Shaq is the more dominant player, but Tim Duncan had the better career. Let me give you one little spill that might kind of give you an insight on Shaq. As dominant as Shaq has been, did you know Shaq has never led the league in rebounds ever in his career? He's never what? He's never led the league in rebounds, not once in his whole career. Hmm. I mean... Is that the reasoning that you're giving? No, no, that's, that's not the reasoning. Okay. That's not the reasoning. But to show you, there are some speculations. And we will dive deep on why I think Tim Duncan had a better career than Shaq. We'll talk about that on the clubhouse room, which you can always chime in every Monday at 7 p.m. But I do believe, yes, Shaq is the more dominant. Obviously, you know, he's the most dominant force. But if you look at totality and from top to bottom, think about it. Tim Duncan is a winner in college. He's a winner in the big leagues. And you look at that resume he got in the league. Really look at that resume compared to Shaq. You might really have to start thinking about it. But most people are not going to look at it because people are just going to look at the eye test and look at all the highlights that Shaq has about him, you know, literally can dunk on three people. And, you know, Tim Duncan has the boring game. So, you you know, you're going to overlook it. But if you're a real hoop head and you really know the game basketball and you as long and you also look at the stats or the not just let me not say stats the the resume me personally and mind you I don't like Tim Duncan trust me I do not like this dude I don't like this words but as a basketball connoisseur and now that I'm older and I have appreciation for the game and players I I have to say on air Tim Duncan had a better career than Shaq. And that's why I say, now, would, would him and Kobe have won all the championships? I can't say all. But if you were to look from 2000, 2010, which I think was the time span they dominated the most, foregone injury, I think they won eight out of ten championships. Them two. I mean, even when they're on two different – I mean, if we go – we do 99, you know, San Antonio that year, then the Correct. Lakers for the next three. Three. Um, Dan Detroit, no, nah, 2003 was San Antonio, and then yes, yes, Dan I'm sorry, Detroit. you're right, you're right, 2003. So, was so right there, if, if we just talking about 99 to 2003, it was two teams, it was two, it was different teams because you know, we got the east teams that made it, but that participated, <laughs> that participated, yeah, because it was four, the most it was was 03, 42, uh, Nets versus Spurs. But they were beating these teams 4-1, 4-2, 4-1, 4-0, 4-2. You know, it wasn't a contest. It was it was a participation. Absolutely. So that's amazing in itself. But then Detroit, then San Antonio again, then Miami, then San Antonio again, then Boston, then Los Angeles, then Los Angeles again. So you are absolutely correct in terms of that they did dominate 2000, 2010. It's just that folks would look at it and say wow you know LeBron came in oh 2003 yeah but for seven years he did absolutely nothing 
and and not not absolutely nothing, but you get what I mean. He wasn't yeah. going, he wasn't winning in the finals. He went once and got spanked by San Antonio. Know, San Antonio. So you know, it's it's they are they are going to be linked that way. But I I do believe that they would win eight out of ten because save for maybe the Celtics. Hmm. So Miami n- was n- tough. N- let me tell you about that Celtics one. Mm-hmm. They weren't supposed to win, but they did. They did. <laughs> I give it to them. They won. They did four two. So that's not even a, a. You can't sneeze at that either. I agree. Good win. But there was a big X factor in that series that a lot of people forgot. If Andrew Bynum was not injured. Mm-hmm. That's a whole different series. That's true. And we might be looking at Kobe having a three-peat. Another one. Just saying. Crazy. So, I give it to the Celtics and their fans. They did win 4-2. Cool, no problem. You won fair and square. But don't be holding your head too high, Mr. KG, because you only got one championship, my guy. (laughs) Paul Pierce. Don't be, don't be out here bragging like these dudes be talking like they got five, six of them things. They got one. And that's the only thing I don't like with KG and Paul Pierce because these dudes be talking big cash like they got four of them things. And I'm just like, bro, y'all got one. Yeah, y'all did beat the Lakers and y'all did beat Kobe. I get it. But that's y'all got their one. Thing. That's their thing. You're the big talkers. As Udonis Haslam would tell you, KG is a fake tough guy. So it's like whenever they mention tough guy about KGs, like ah, I would it literally like two weeks ago they asked UD, they were saying something about a KG going into the Hall of Fame, and you know they're like you know as a resident tough guy of Miami, you know you can you see the similarities in KG? He literally stops the interview. He's like ah, don't throw that around so so easily. Me and KG not the same. KG is a big talker. I'm like oh. oh. <laughs> UD is not with the shits, and obviously he showed that in the last game that he played. Right. Uh, but I mean, we know this. KG is a is an instigator. He was that was what he was. I never viewed KG as a real tough guy. He was a big talker, just like um, Gary Payton. Nobody was scared of Gary Payton. I don't know now. Gary Payton, you know, he's from Oakland, so he. <laughs> I want. I want it. No, no one ever accused him of being a fake tough guy like they do with KG. Because you know the 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 thing that KG does, he gets up, gets up in gets the, on your skin, talking, and then when you swing, he puts his hands up. That's his thing, you know. So, but it worked for him. It worked very well over his career to the point of you know being a Hall of Famer. But I respect that. You know, now that you speak it, and we'll move on. You know, there's one guy that KG admit that he can never get on his skin. Take a wild guess. Tim Duncan. Yep. He said that Duncan, used to annoy the shit out of him. He said he Tim could. Dun- Tim Duncan talks a lot of shit too, but under but his under un- his breath. And it's so subtle. Mm-hmm. I think looked- uh, Kobe talked talked about that one time where he said, uh, you know, he would tell you what he's gonna do, and after you do, he'll tap you on the butt and say, you know, try try again next time. <laughs> That's the worst. And by the way, Tim Duncan is another player that used to bust Shaq behind in the matchups. Look it up. Do your YouTubes. But anyway. Monday um, night, 7 p.m. <laughs> on Clubhouse. 
<laughs> but speaking of KG, you know, there's also a scenario I wish I, you know, I wish played out and I would have liked to see to see how far it could went is if him and Stefan Marbury could have stayed together in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Um, I really think if they could, that could have been the emergence of Minnesota getting on a map. And also, possibly even them winning a championship. Um, for those that don't know, um, they used to be really great friends back in the day, um, you know, and they made some noise in the league. Um, so that team, man, that's one of those. If we ever have a what if day, uh, that can definitely be on the top of the list because Stefan Marbury and KG, they both was very, very young back then. They were making some noise in the West. And I would definitely have liked to see if they, I wish they could have stayed together. Unfortunately, they didn't. And see what Stefan Marbury and KG could have done. I think that could have helped KG career. Um, maybe, maybe win one more championship and add that to his resume. And even he doesn't win a championship, definitely more deep playoff runs. Because we all know in Minnesota, he made a lot of stats, but not a lot of playoffs. So Thanks. Um, that's the only knock. You know, I think that's going to be on KG careers. You know, he really didn't have a lot of playoff success until he went to Boston. And unfortunately, by the time he went to Boston, he was already in his 30s. So, you know, the, the early years of his careers doesn't have a lot of success. So I think that's why a lot of people – Great player, but it's hard to put him at the top of the list of, you know, the greats because of that. And that's the only knock for, at least for me, to have KG's career. Yeah, I mean, he was the first of his kind, um, one of those hybrid bigs where he could play inside, he could play outside. You know, you got people like Chris Bosh, and in these days, the the guy that everyone's looking at is Bam, um, as far as being the KG type. Um but he really changed the game that way, and that's going to be his claim to fame forever. You know, being that he's a Hall of Famer now, uh, his claim to fame just being that hybrid big, that stretch four, but not just stretch four. I mean, he he did so much. He did so. It was inside. It was outside. He could he could do it all. I mean, you know, this this inspired me. I'm gonna go watch some of his highlights back when he was with Minnesota because he was really a, he was a monster. He was definitely a monster. He was. Definitely a problem, and I it's, I think the biggest thing too he was he was the the four that used to put the ball on the floor. That's another thing mm-hmm. we forget. He, he could definitely put the ball on the floor. He could go coast to coast. He was the emergence of that. That's why we have the like you said the Bams of today, the Chris Boshes, the Giannis's. You know that was KG. That was KG back in the day. I just don't want to hear nothing about Bam no more until he gets the killer instinct. <laughs> it's gonna come. Jimmy Don't tell Jimmy. me you want to be KG and, and then when Jimmy's out. Don't get me started. Anyway. Jimmy, Jimmy installed that. And so, but all in all, these guys, man, um, great. Fun, yeah, definitely. First, yeah, first and foremost, congratulations. Um, but from top to bottom, great, great careers, phenomenal careers. Um, it's just crazy to say, wow, like, man. We've probably seen to me in my lifetime 
the greatest era of basketball. To me, the greatest era of basketball was 2000, 2010. Um, and the second best shooting guard of all time in my book, Kobe Bean Bryant, played in that era and the greatest power forward of all time. Tim Duncan played that era. And, you know, I was privileged to watch them in, in, in totality during that time. And there's a lot, I mean, if we were to go and say monumental or icon moments, I mean, we would literally be here for the rest of the year. But <laughs> <laughs> for time purposes, um, many, many, many moments, which obviously we will share on our clubhouse room this Monday at 7 p.m. But I, I really hope True basketball heads and true true hope head, true hoop heads. I'm sorry. Understand what we just witnessed these past 20 years of basketball. Um, we might not never ever 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 see another duo, even though they didn't play together, but of dominance like that and consistency. That's the thing. Literally consistent. I mean, the day Tim Duncan got to the NBA, today he retired. He dominated. Same thing as Kobe Bryant. Dominated. And, you know, it's just, it was, man, the, the West then, y'all talking about the West now? The West back then, you had the Spurs, Phoenix, Mavs, Lakers. Oh, man. What a time. But anyway, shout out to the 1996 class. Um, Go watch YouTube, y'all. Yeah, do your YouTubes. Definitely do your YouTubes, especially for the younger heads that didn't have a chance to see them or only got to see them at the end of their career. Do your YouTubes and do your YouTubes on the matchups. Look at Tim Duncan and KG matchups when they used to go head to head. Look at Kobe and Tim Duncan when they used to go head to head in the playoffs. These are historical games, I'm telling you. Historical games. Um and then obviously, you know, you had the Kobe versus KG matchup twice in the finals in 08 and 2010, which that 2010 series to me is one of the best finals in that decade, um, going seven games. But, man, what a time. But definitely something um, I will tell my kids or definitely the next generation about. You know, I know we have a lot of great athletes and today's world, we got the Giannis's, the Devin Booker's, the Dame Leonard's of the world, which they're doing phenomenal things. But that era of Kobe and Tim Duncan and KG is unlike any other. Unfortunately, I didn't get to see Jordan in his prime in the early 90s. So, you know, I didn't get to witness that. But that's why I claimed the 2000 to 2010, the best era in my book, because that era of basketball was must-see TV. Every year, every Thursday, TNT night, every Wednesday, Tuesday and Thursday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Wednesday. Well, Wednesday, Wednesday was ESPN. Tuesday and Thursday was TNT. Mm -hmm. And then um, playoff time, obviously, for ABC on Sunday. So great, great, great time. Great, great, great time. But on that note, anything else you want to touch on? No, no. We we did everything. That's not it. So um, that's all we have for you guys today. Um, We will be on our clubhouse this Monday at 7 p.m. discussing, again, um, the three icons of the 1996 draft that got inducted to the Hall of Fame. So definitely join us as we give flowers to these guys, also touch base on their careers. We'll get into a little bit of what-if situations, um, maybe in a little bit of, you know, who had the better career and 
you know, who had the better matchup and so on and so on. But definitely join us this Monday at 7 p.m. on our clubhouse. If you're not in clubhouse, shoot us a DM on our Instagram at sports underscore cash underscore to get an invite um, to stay up to date. And of course, um, follow us on all platforms um, and definitely hit that notification and follow bell to stay up to all to stay up to date on all content with us here at Sports Cash um, and future episodes. On that note, thank you for tuning into this episode. Facts. Rest in peace, Kobe Bryant. Love to Natalia and all the family. All right, Cash Crew. Till next time. See you next time. What's up, Cash Crew? This is KD. Thanks again for listening to our podcast. Be sure to find us on social media at sports underscore cash underscore. And if you haven't already, subscribe to us on YouTube at Sports Cash Podcast. And don't forget to hit that notification bell.